you remember a couple of weeks ago when he used the illustration of the of a pregnant woman and Brandy was very embarrassed as she stood up here. You remember that, Brandy? Um, the Lord just reminded me of that illustration. And the reason I'm saying this is because I feel like this word that you're about to receive, if you're not already impregnated by the Spirit of God with this word you're about to, as you, as you have the Mary response and say, according to your word, Lord, let it be unto me. The Lord is getting ready to impregnate you and to begin to birth things through this church that are going to reap just tremendous things. Amen. So just say that as a preliminary introduction, Byron. No pressure, right? <laughs> I don't feel no pressure. <laughs> I'm too, uh, I'm in a, I'm in a too good of a spot to feel pressure. Hey, listen, anybody here from Statesville? Good. There's a man who comes to our first service. His name is William Bellamy, and he's starting a new ministry up there called David's Mighty Men. And uh, if you're interested, we'll, it'll be on our website pretty soon because um, uh, he's, he's going to put something in the newspaper in Statesville. And so I really recommend that ministry to you. So before we start, I want to show you something. I have living proof, a picture of God's hand I want you to see. It's right up there. You see his hand, the thumb, and the... Fingers there. Well, that's the hand of God that NASA, I guess the Hubble telescope or something like that, took that picture here about three or four weeks ago, just proving that God does exist, just in case you didn't believe he did. <laughs> yeah, that's a nail hole. Wow, interesting. It's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. That is a very, very strong picture. So thank you, Lord, for the hand of God. Amen. Also, uh, it's for what they, uh, the government is saying, our government is saying that the swine flu is, be, is actually becoming a pandemic, in our, I guess, in the world, right? I don't know what a pandemic is exactly, but it's bad. <laughs> so let's just ask the Lord, because there's already been a bunch of people in Mexico who have died, Mexico City, who died from the swine flu. And there's some kids in New York City who were diagnosed with it as of yesterday, and I don't know what's happened since. Let's just stand up and ask the Lord to, to stop that, that flu, break the power of that. Let's really just say, Father, right now, we're going to take authority over, over that swine flu that's trying to kill people and, make, and just destroy lives. Lord, we condemn it. We curse it. We tell it it has no place in our lives, in our home, in our state, even in our nation. Yeah, and it has no place in this very place that we're standing in this city, Lord. Father, in this county, we just stand up and say no to swine flu. We condemn you. Yeah, we break your commission. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, what the enemy has meant for evil with this swine flu, I pray you just absolutely turn it for our good in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just really happy today for some reason. You've got to enjoy the moments that God gives you, you know, and let God bless you. So I'm going to do this right quick, like. I'm going to try to behave. I was really bad in the first service. I was yelling and carrying on. Try not to do that. I'm trying to do it real calm. I, I'm going to read Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. That was the, I did that message uh, for Easter a couple weeks ago out of this, these verses, and so I believe, I just can't really seem to get away from these verses for some reason, they just really have gotten on me in a good way, but let me read it to you, I'm just share a few things that I believe God wants to do in our church, and I believe God wants to do in our lives, I really do. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. So what I'm seeing in this uh, is these, there's these four things I want to just sort of highlight to you. It's like four aspects 
of the government of God, what the government of God looks like. What, in other words, what we should be experiencing uh, in our lives and what we should be experiencing in our church and what we should be releasing in terms of the kingdom of God is, is right here in, these, in this verse. There's four things that I really believe. So we can really begin to understand what the kingdom sort of looks like when it comes in a very general sense. But the first one is, is the wonderful counselor, which is the Holy Spirit, of course. And that would be the spirit of wisdom and revelation that God wants to release to the church. It's uh, Ephesians 3.10 where it says that the manifold wisdom of God will be made known to the powers and principalities in the heavenly places. And so there's this wisdom that God wants to release in us, into our own lives and through us, and that we would actually, that, that this wisdom would actually be uh, shown in the heavenly places. This, the, the enemy, the enemies of heaven, the enemies, our enemies would actually see this wisdom of God. And, you know, with all the problems and, and things that are in the earth today, God is looking for a people, individuals and a corporate people, to have the wisdom for what's going on in the earth. So that's one of the aspects of the kingdom of heaven that I believe that God's really going to really release to us. The next one is called Mighty God. Uh, that's talking about an army. That's talking about military. That's a military, there's a military aspect of God that really we haven't really tapped into really well um, yet. But God is, is wanting to begin to show himself to us in this hour in military terms. And he wanting to, he's wanting this, the church to begin to see that, that we... Or, um, we're all called into the military. We're called into active duty in His army, and as you know, and we should really begin to see our lives in terms of being in an army. Okay, personally, and our church has to begin to see itself as a part of the army of God. And and what I'll show you a little bit. What we're going to see is God reveals Himself in a different way when He when He comes. As in a military way, in a military fashion. But one of the things that's happening in the earth today is, you know, there's this great shaking going on in the whole earth. But in the middle of that great shaking, God is assembling an army. He's calling forth the army of God to come forth. In Ezekiel 37, when Ezekiel saw the dry bones, and can these bones live, you know, old man? And only you know, Lord. And the Lord began to call forth these bones, and they began to assemble. And the Bible says it made a great sound, a great rattling noise. And see, that's really where we're at, I believe, in the church. Now, God's calling forth a, a dry church, a church that's been more, that's been basically just bones, it's been dead bones. But He's calling us forth now and, and beginning to put the body together, assemble the body. And He's going to bring the flesh and the muscle, and He's going to blow His breath into the church. And, we're going to, and it says they rose up and became a great army. A great army, and I believe we're going to be a great army. And I think this is really important that we begin to get understanding on this army. And I, I'll come back to you to that in just a, a little bit. But the next one's the Father, Eternal Father, which is the Father's heart of God. That you know, how much more you know can we not say about that? I mean, that's the revelation that God has so been working in the body of Christ over the past few years is a revelation that we are sons and daughters of the Father. And that our Father is... You know, and that's the key revelation. We've got to have that revelation. Okay, we, if we cannot get into the revelation of the army thing without this one, because it, all, it always gets messed up, because God as a Father is always loving, He's always accepting, and we're always welcome in the Father's presence. See, I can come to, go to the Father anytime I want to and be welcome there. But I cannot go anytime I want to to the commander-in-chief and be welcome there. Okay? Because when he is in the military mode, he expects us to be in the military mode. And in the military mode, there's protocol. And you have to follow protocol. So what happens with a lot of people, there's this confusion that gets into them. Because they haven't settled the issue of the father. And they haven't settled the issue of being a son or a daughter. And it gets confusing when God starts acting like a military man to them. They get thrown off. But if you are secure in your sonship or daughtership, securing him as a father, then you, then you realize, oh, he's not acting as the father now. He's acting as the military commander now. And I can easily adjust to that. 
Are y- do y'all getting that? That's really important. We've really got to... So if you really haven't come into that revelation of the Father, like you feel like you should, you can today, simply by asking the Lord to really make it. Because He's really... That's an anointing that's released. That anointing is in the, or that anointing is in the church. And, and God really wants to just continue soaking us in that and bring us into to greater understandings of that. Are y'all all right? All right, the, the next part of the kingdom is the, the Prince of Peace. Um, is, and, of course, the word there for peace is shalom. If you've been around Jewish people, they, they say that to each other. Uh, and rightfully so, because shalom is one of the most powerful words in the Bible, actually. It means wholeness. It's what it means. It means wholeness. It could, we could call him Prince of Wholeness. It's wholeness of, in, in your whole self, you know, your, in, your, your mental capacity, your, your, your health, all of you. It's, your prosperity is a complete word. It's one of the most complete words in the Bible. It's one of the most full words in the Bible. And the Lord is the Prince of Wholeness. That's why we've seen such an emphasis in the church on inner healing and deliverance and all that. It's because of the Prince of Wholeness has been released. It's, it's the kingdom. When you see that, you're seeing an aspect of the kingdom coming and, and, and demonic strongholds being broken over people. Okay, so that's really key. And the best word that we have in the New Testament for it is what? Salvation. Sozo, which means saved, healed, and delivered. Really, shalom is an Old Testament version of New Testament word, sozo, I believe. So you see, that's, you know, that's a big aspect of the kingdom of heaven. It really, I mean, it's a key aspect. And, if, you know, that's available for us. So what God wants to do, He wants these things operational in us, operational in us. All of these operate. This needs all this needs to be a part of our lives. And He's calling the church at this time into a greater revelation of the kingdom. I believe we're on a threshold of a whole new level of kingdom of God understanding, the kingdom of heaven revelation. And I think it's really critical that we see that. We see that this is the hour we're living in when the Father is going to reveal His kingdom and much greater than we have in the past. And every time the kingdom's released more, and we understand it more, we're going to see a much greater, um, you know, demonstration of the power of God in the earth. And, but the cool thing about it, it says the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. In other words, God has a lot of zeal and a, a lot of passion about His government in the earth. In fact, if you really want to know what was in the heart of God from eternity past, before earth ever existed, what was in his mind when he began to, when he produced earth, when he made earth and created earth and made man, that was his heart. That was his whole reason for that. He wanted the kingdom, he wanted his government to be in the earth. And he wanted it to be in the earth through you and I. You know, right? Everybody knows that by now. But really, so that was the first passion of the Lord that he ever had, is to see his kingdom revealed in this earth realm. And uh, so we've sort of gotten a little bit messed up with this thing, I think. Uh, but God's doing some stuff. So what I believe, what I'm hearing, this is what God's talking to me about, is each one of us has been baptized in to the body of Christ. Whether you ever even go to church, of course you're here in, in a church this morning, you've assembled in a church, but whether you're part of a church or not, whether you want to be or not, you're part of the body of Christ. And, and the Lord, it says that the government will rest where? On His shoulders. But it's not talking about on His shoulders in heaven. It's talking about on His shoulders in the earth. All right, do y'all understand this? God, it says the government's going to rest on His shoulders. Who are His shoulders? We are, we are the shoulders of the Lord that it's talking about right there. We're meant to carry the government of God in this earth. That's what we're here for. That's what He created us for, is to carry His government into the earth realm. And demonstrate that government. Demonstrate, uh, you know, his, the, the prince of wholeness. Demonstrate the Father's heart of God. Demonstrate the power of God. This is what He's called us to do. And, and this is a, why we exist. Are y'all good? But here's what has happened. Some, there's this religious spirit, okay, that is resisted on this thing. And the religion, here's what the religious spirit tells us. The religious spirit is telling us we're not ready yet or we're not good enough, or we don't measure up. It's always telling us this information. Okay, right now in this room, there's people, you're, some of you are, you're just hearing these words, they don't really mean anything to you. 
they're just, well, yeah, that's the truth. But there's not a reality in your life. Okay? And what God wants to do, He wants to make what I'm telling you this morning, He wants to make a burning reality in your life. Because this is why we're here. This is why God put us on the earth. This is our purpose on the, for the being on earth. This is our truest destiny. It's our greatest purpose. is to, to demonstrate His kingdom in the earth. And when we get, begin to get a revelation of that and get real passion, I'm talking true passion. I'm not talking theological passion or doctrinal passion or just because somebody else has passion. Okay, it's like, you know, here's the truth. This is the way I feel about much of Christianity. It's we, like we've gone to the grocery store and bought a bag of oranges. The oranges being the fruit of the kingdom. And we've ate the oranges. And it was good. But the problem is God is saying, I wanted an orange tree here. I wanted you to be an orange tree where you could produce these oranges. Okay, and that's where he's calling us to now. He's calling us into this place. All right, let me read this. This is great. Romans 6, 13. This is, anybody who's read Romans should know this. Paul had some, some stuff he wanted to put in on us. And he slips this thing in on us. Uh, and this is what it says. Do not go on presenting the members of your body uh, to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from death, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. The word instruments there, I really don't even care for that, that uh, translation of, of, of instruments. The word can literally be translated in the Greek, weapons of war. Present the members of your body as a weapon of war. How many people, when, I'm going to tell you something, when I was not a Christian, my, members of my body were very much, I was very, very much into spiritual warfare. I was doing all kinds of hideous things. Saying bad things, doing bad things with my life. It was a weapon of the enemy against other people, against my family, against my mom and daddy, against friends, against anybody, really. I got around. I was having a bad influence on people. Literally, I was the kind of person you would just say to your kids, don't hang around with that person. They're a bad influence. You didn't want your kids hanging around with me. Because why? Because I was a weapon of war for Satan. Okay, now when we get saved, God has called us to become a weapon of war for Him with our lives. Okay, we are to be a weapon of war, and God is calling the church into war. It, it really is 2 Samuel 11, 1. This is where we're at now. He's assembling a body, and it's time for kings to go to battle. And God is trying to make this real to us. This is the time you live in. You live in a time of war. You live in a time where God is trying to mobilize His army and call His army up and say, it's time for you to go to war. Okay? And we've got to get that revelation and get that thing burning in our heart. Psalm 144, verse 1 says, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. That's the Old Testament version of Romans 6, 13. He trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And God is training your army right now. For battle and for war. Okay. Uh, Y'all remember Joshua. Okay. Joshua was, like I said, Joshua was the first soaker in the Bible. I found that out about Joshua. He was the first. Remember, he was the man when, when, when the Lord would appear, when the manifest presence of God would come in the tent of meetings and talk to Moses face to face, and everybody would be watching, they'd be watching the fire, the cloud, or whatever was being manifest that moment. Then everybody would, then Moses would leave after he talked to God for a while. He said, the Bible says Joshua would always stay back. He would always hang back and just soak and soak and soak in that presence of God. It was the most important thing to him. And he was addicted to God. He was addicted to the manifest presence of God. That's a good thing to be addicted to. I mean, yeah, that's a good addiction. And he said he, he couldn't get enough of it. When everybody else would go home and go to bed like they had something to do, you know, they're out in the middle of nowhere. The hardest job you got to go to go is pick up the manna in the morning to eat your food for free. He stayed there with the Lord. But I'll tell you what happened. Something happened one day to Joshua. You know, Moses passed along. The tent of the meeting was sort of not in operation at that moment. And the Lord appeared. And Joshua went out to him and starts talking junk to him, not knowing it's the same God that he was soaking in. And the Lord says, no, Joshua, I've come as a man of war. I've come as the captain of hosts. Okay? You see what happens? There's this shift that happens. Okay? There's a spiritual shift that happens where we go from 
just, you know, getting, you know, all of God and, and, and getting in His presence and getting His glory. To He says, oh, and by the way, He shows up one day and you want to do that. And He says, no! It's time for war. It's time for battle. Wake up! And I believe God's saying it to us. It's time for you to get a clue what's going on in the earth. We're in a war. Okay, now that doesn't mean we shouldn't soak and enjoy the presence of God. We, you know, it's not like you exclude that. But there's something else God's saying right now. He's saying, listen, you've got to wake up. There's a war, and I'm telling you, you've got to get in this war. And I'm calling you up. I'm trying to find out who's willing to go to war with me. Okay? So what could, here's what's happening. So God's shaking the earth and trying to assemble a body. And the worst thing that could ever happen, here's my concern for some people. Me being one of them. God does all this shaking, shake, 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 shake. And all you get God, He's got your attention. He's got your humble, your crying out to God. And the minute the shaking stops, you just go right back to doing things the way you did them before. You know, you go back to the same urgencies in your heart that you had before, which was not the urgencies that you need to have. And I'm going to tell you something. If we do that, we have missed the opportunity of a life. Because God's doing all this shaking and all this difficulties He's causing the earth to help us. Not to hurt us. Okay? And if we go back to what we were doing before and doing things the way we've always done them, we have made a critical mistake. Because God is saying, no, that's not the thing to do right now. It would be tragic in our lives if we do that. Because things are going to be different. And, or, and we can just live an old life like that and, and, and not, it won't be good. But we're in a new threshold. I think we're in a, thresh, a new threshold of the kingdom right now being released in the earth. I really do. But first of all, it has to work inside of me and you. Okay? That's really where it starts at. I mean, that's what Jesus said. They said, well, how are we going to know when the kingdom comes? He says, it ain't going to come by signs and wonders. It's going to come because it's in you. You'll miss it if you're not careful. The kingdom's inside of you. And, and here's where you have to really understand about patience. Jesus said the kingdom was like a woman who took leaven. If you look at Matthew 13, all those little parables of the kingdom, they took leaven... And put it in three pecks of flour. And then over time, the whole flour became leavened. That's, see, that's how the kingdom works. It's over time it takes over. So what, you, what we're seeing, we're seeing good things in people's lives, okay, in the church. We're looking at people, we're starting to see, like, yeah, we're starting to identify and see manifestations of the kingdom, okay, which is good. I mean, we want to see that, and, and we realize it's working in people's lives. So I, I don't want to discourage you. And say, you know, and, and say to you that, no, we're nowhere on this deal. I think we are. I think God has got us moving in the direction we need to be going. But what I am trying to tell you is we can't stay here. Okay? And what I'm trying to tell you is we have to come into a greater revelation of the kingdom. There has to be more of that kingdom mindset taking over us. Our minds have to be ruled by the kingdom. And that's really what God, and I'm going to say, we're not all being ruled by the kingdom. We may be ruled in a couple hours on Sunday morning like we're having a great time, but how about a couple hours on Monday morning? Is the kingdom still the thing? Is it hot in here to y'all? Anyway, somebody do something. <laughs> all right, let me read this Ephesians 3.16. This is really good. This is about the inward. Are y'all okay? He said this. This is Paul, that he, talking about God, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. There's two words, strengthen and power. There's two key words. One of them means, the first one, strengthen, means to take control and set up a new government. That's what God wants to do inside of us. He wants to take control of us. Literally. Inside of us, he wants complete control of you. He wants his government to be totally operational inside of you. And the other one, the power is, of course, the dynamic, dunamis. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you receive power. So thanks to Brother Ed Corley, he translated this. Uh, he could say, I am praying that you might be governed by the dynamic ability of His Spirit in your inner man. Governed by the dynamic ability of His Spirit in your man. That's what God wants to do. He wants to govern you. God wants to control you. When you go in the military, somebody else is controlling your life. You're not controlling your life. Somebody else is telling you where you're going to go. Somebody else is telling you when you're going to come home. Somebody else is telling you what you're going to do. Okay? That really is what God wants to do. And I'm telling y'all, God is very interested in doing this. Grabbing a hold of you 
at the most inconvenient time and getting you to do something that you don't want to do. I'm telling you, that's what he wants to do. See, we got this idea in our mind that we're, the ministry or, or serving in the kingdom is going to be glorious. It's going to be like we're in a meeting, we're leading worship, or we're preaching, or we're laying hands on people. No, here's the way it's going to be. It's out there in a dark world where it ain't no glory, where there's darkness, and you don't want to be there. So, you know, we've been experiencing that lately. We have been finding ourselves in a situation, and this is the thoughts coming to my mind. I don't want to be here. First, I don't want to be here, Lord. I don't like it here. This is bad. This is dark. This is crummy. Why am I having to do this? I want to go have coffee with my friends, you know, and talk about wonderful things that God's doing. You know? But God's saying, no, no, you don't get it. You're not getting the point. This is why I have done all this for you. So you can go here in this dark, negative, defeated attitude and atmosphere that's in this room that you can do something about it. Now that's really what He's calling us to. He's not calling us just to come and, 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 and enjoy the glorious presence of God, which I want to enjoy the glorious presence of God. And I believe we should continue to do that. But I'm telling you this. There's something else we should be doing. And something else God's calling us to do and saying, you must do this. God is releasing, he's, he's beginning to reveal himself as the mighty God guy. The mighty military guy. And when he's like that, he, he, it's going to be difficult. Are y'all okay? All right, let me just read this. We know this scripture, but I want to just show you this. It's Matthew 16, 18 through 20. This is the job description of the church right here. If you want to know what is the church supposed to do. Somebody asked me recently, Byron, I need you to explain to me about this church. Because I don't understand. You used the word corporate recently. And in my mind, when I think corporate, I'm thinking of some office building and a bunch of people working. But I thought, well, you know, maybe corporate's not a good word anymore because people do think it like that. So I said, well, here's basically how, how I feel. I think two aspects. Number one... I think about the Father, that God reveals the Father's heart through Christ to us and that we are His family and that we are loved and adored by God and we can love and adore Him back. That's the family and that we desperately need that. But then I think about this other part. There's this other part called mission. There's this other part called military. Okay? And we can do mission and military in the church. That's the wholeness, the healing, the deliverance that goes on in the church. But there's a whole world out there that mission and military has got to go after. So it's family and mission. That's how I see this thing working, coming down to. We, it's family and mission. It's not one above the other or the other, you know, not doing each other. You know, in other words, one, they're not mutually exclusive. They're inclusive. So here's what, are y'all getting that? Uh, Jesus said this, I also said to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overpower his church. There's some churches could get overpowered that's not real churches or they've left their first love kind of deal. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's, here's our job. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. When Jesus died on the cross, buried, rose from the dead, he, the Bible says in Colossians that he totally absolutely, totally defeated Satan. And disarmed and took his... And Satan is defeated. Jesus has defeated him. He is beaten. He's, he, he doesn't even have any weapons anymore. He took all his stuff away from him. I mean, that is a fact of the Bible, and that is a true fact. But this is what Jesus didn't do. There is an army of demons out there. There are, they're everywhere out there. In fact, there's a few in here this morning, because you brought them in here. I didn't bring any. I left them. <laughs> I wouldn't let them come in here with me. I said, you're not coming in. You have to stay out there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know, demons do get attached to you, you know. I mean, they're Velcro's demons. They get on you and they start going. But you can get them off real easy, but it does feel like Velcro's when you're pulling them off because they stick. Anyways, here's our job. I was watching this movie, and these guys were, this movie that had been this war, and they had these one guys who went in and fought the war and won and beat the other. And the other one surrendered. And then they said, all right, here's you. This, a whole other company of guys came in. This other company was, your job is to go in to mop up, 
clean up, take prison all the enemy soldiers, and anybody they have captured in, the, in their prison camps, get them free. And that really is our job. That is the church's job. Our job, Jesus already won, our job is to go out there and subdue the enemy. And when we go into a dark place, our job is to break that darkness over that place and release the atmosphere of heaven in that place. And if there's sickness in that place, then you bring healing in that place. That's our job. Now, it's not necessarily an easy job, but it is what the Lord has given us to do, to bind the enemy and let those people free that he's got in captivity. And when we begin to see that and realize this is our job, this is what God's put us on this earth for, and we begin to take it as a personal thing that we're serious about. Like I say, you know, we found ourselves, in, like this week we went into a house, okay, I shared this Wednesday night, went into this house, and it was a house of sickness. There was a young lady who had Lyme's disease for 10 years, 19 years old, I'm telling you, 19 years old, laying in the bed, every curtain in the house closed, every light off with sunglasses on because she couldn't stand any light. The mama tells us, take your shoes off. Don't walk in the bedroom with your shoes on because of the allergens on it and because she, she's allergic to everything. She had rashes on her body from Band-Aids. She's so, her, her whole system was so messed up. You walk in there and there's this darkness, there's this despair, there's this infirmity, all in, just permeating the place. When we got there, I was thinking, this is what I was literally thinking. We were standing, I was looking around. I was thinking, I don't want to be here. That was I, don't, I really don't want to be here. Why am I having to be here, Lord? This is negative in here. This is a negative place. I don't want to be in here. I want out. Fortunately, the mom was on, a, on the phone, and that's when the Lord said, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. I sent you here. You're supposed to do something about this. And when I walked there and saw that little girl, my heart was crushed. Because I thought, what if that was my little girl? Or what if that was my little granddaughter laying there? And I began to think about the times when people called Jesus to come to his, their house, like Jairus' daughter. You know, he went there into a place of death. Or when he stopped the funeral that time. Or when the you know, centurion called him to come and he didn't ever really make it because, you know, the transit. But Jesus... He was going into those places. That's what he was doing. And he didn't go in there, you know, scared or not wanting to be there. He went in there because he knew he was sent there. And, he, and so when we realize that's... See, here's the cool thing about this. When you realize that's your job, you realize God has commissioned you for that. You have power when you go into those places. And here's what the devil has done. Here's what he's, he's tricked us. And told us, no, you don't have power. You don't have authority. You don't. You can't do this. This is stronger than you. You shouldn't be here. You should be with your friends. You should be hanging out at a coffee shop. You should be at home with your family. He tells us all these things that are not true. So we get this thing where we little back off a little bit. And instead of saying, we're going to do this. No, I got sort of mean when I got in there, not outwardly, but inside of me. I got mean and mad about that girl laying there. I got upset about it because I saw the devil's work. I saw the enemy destroying the life of a 19-year-old girl. And I'm going to tell you something. When we begin to see, because I was seeing the way God was seeing it, and he was not happy with that girl laying there. He was not happy about it. But he put us here to do something. And when we get in our minds that we're supposed to do something, and we have the power to do it. But we will never get the, that idea if we just have some theology of church or whatever. Whatever we had, I don't even know what we had. It didn't work, obviously. You know, how we thought about church and Christian life. It just wasn't right. Whatever it was. I don't remember what it was now. I'm decided to forget it. I forget that, Lord. Give me some new thought about church. You know, we're supposed to be an army, and we're supposed to be a family. And we have a commission from the Lord to go. So what we did, we did. There was a spirit of infirmity all over that girl. And we broke that. We got that. We could feel that come off of her. And then we, as we prayed, I, the Lord gave me that scripture out of Mark when it says, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, I was disappointed because recover there means get well. Okay, it doesn't mean they're going to get well that month. It means they're going to get well. They're, you know, they're, they're going to recover. They're going to come out of the sick bed. That's what the Greek means there. We think, you know, everybody we pray for 
you know, it's just going to be this miracle. That's what an instant thing is. It's a miracle. I was going for the miracle. I was disappointed, but the Lord gave me that scripture. I said, you're going to recover. Why are you going to recover? Because I have put my hands on you because God sent me here. And when He sent me, He didn't send me here just to pray an empty prayer over you and not see you get well. God's going to do it. But we've got to get that in us. And then we've got to get it in us that God is inconvenient. Okay? He don't care, you know, about your schedule and about your hair and about your bath. All that stuff. All He cares. If He says jump, you know, like I told you, he, I had this one situation. It's like God pulled up in a car and said, get in! He wasn't saying, well, you want to go for a ride, Byron? He wasn't being out. He get in. And the reason he said because he took me somewhere I didn't want to go. And he took me into a dark place. And he took me there to do something. And you see, when he starts doing that to you, you realize this is serious. Because we're not playing games here. We're not playing church. And God wants us to get this revelation. I mean, I think we have had it. I'm, again, I don't want to, like, this is not a put down. I'm just looking at my life saying, Lord... I want, I want more. I want more of a kingdom mentality, a kingdom attitude. I want to be on this mission thing. I want to be a missionary. And so we had to realize being a missionary means this. If God has called you to Argentina, that's where you're supposed to go. But if God's called you to where you work at, that's where you're supposed to go. But you've got to go with the same attitude. You've got to go knowing that God's armed you and equipped you and you're supposed to do it. You know, and it's painful for us when we're not doing that. Well, I want to tell you this word about Ecclesia, okay? This is the thing I got about You know what Ecclesia is, mean? It's church. It's what the New Testament word for church is, Ecclesia. It's 115 times in the New Testament. And we have given it some lousy religious definition. What's the church? Well, it's the called out ones. Not realizing what the really the real word means. It does mean called out, but the, you go back to the source of that word. Jesus stole that word from the Greeks. That was a word that was already existed. It was the legislator. When they call in the Greek those days they would call they would call the people to come as the legislative, lawmakers, government of the city. That's what it meant. And so when God do y'all get that? Legislature, government. That is what the church is. We are God's legislator in this earth. We've made it into some religious thing. You know? Which is not good. I don't know how we did that. I can't figure it out. I don't even want to try to figure out why we did that. I'm just saying this. God, we're the legislator. We are to enforce and to enact God's laws in in this world. I mean, this is the truth. American missionaries for years were experts at going to other nations and colonizing them. The problem is, is they were colonizing them to American culture. That's why people say you can go to Africa and watch these Africans get up at 110 degree weather and with repeat suits on and preach, which is just insane. Why are they doing that? Because the American missionaries taught them that. What they didn't do right was they didn't go and colonize them to the kingdom. Okay? They may have gotten them saved, but they didn't really... They brought the American thing there. Because, of course, America's the best culture in the world, right? But to an African, it's not so great. They may think theirs is better. That word apostle was a Roman word. It was the name of the main... I think it was the main ship they called Apostolus. And here's what Rome did. When Rome conquered a nation, they would take three or four hundred citizens. I'm talking citizens and stick them on boats and ride them over there. That was the apostolus. And these would be everyday people, business people, homemakers, farmers, gardeners, blacksmiths, you know, whatever, whatever they needed. And those people, they would go and plant those people into that society, and those people would teach that society how to be Romans so that their culture would look like their Roman culture. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, except it's supposed to be the kingdom. We are supposed to take the kingdom into this dark world and, the, you know, the anointing, the, the, the atmosphere, the presence, all that stuff that we love, the angelic ring, all that stuff that we love, we are supposed to take it out there and release it out there. We really are. And if you hate that stuff, you're in trouble. 
All right, Becky's going to come in and share something. Right? I'm ready. Where's the microphone? I don't know. Are y'all still good for a couple more minutes? I just have a couple things. Um, do you know when you guys prayed for me and Sue to go to Chicago, sent us off to this thing where we were going to um, go, thought we were going to pray for the nation, but it ended up being very different. You know, the Lord really did send me there. I knew that. He gave me a pretty major confirmation and really um, what happened was is there was an African man there who the Lord used to bring transformation to Uganda. But I listened to this man preach for three days. And it just, he was a powerful preacher, a great anointing. But he really wasn't really preaching on prayer. He was really preaching on this. And this is why God sent me there. It was about a fresh surrender to the call of God and purposes on our lives. And um, I was really convicted. I, I've been, the Lord's been messing with me since I got back. And, you know, in order to come into what, to being a person that releases uh, the kingdom, I really do believe it takes really surrendering to a fresh call of God on our life. You know, when you join the military, you really do put your life on hold. You can ask the Bellamy's that right now or anybody who's joined. And it is like, um, it is, it, and that's really what I feel like God's calling us into. I feel like this thing that we're all walking through difficult times, I believe what the Lord is doing with us is He's shaken off, things are shaken off of us, being shaken, that really don't need to remain anyway, so that we can really come in to this fresh surrender and do what we're really called to do as, as the church. And that's why I've been saying, you know, and, and the reason I'm saying it is because God's saying it to me, don't waste your trial. Because God's trying to get us to a place, we're in a process, to get us to a place where we're willing to bow our knee and surrender our life completely to the call of God to go into these places. And, um, and here's one thing the Lord spoke to me this week. Here's, did you know this is really the truth? We're meant to go into a world that is full of chaos and bring order. Wherever the gospel goes, order will begin to take control there. You can ask missionaries that. They'll begin to see order take place. Do you know why that is? Because there is actually a scientific law that says everything tends toward chaos. In, that, in other words, the natural course for things is chaos. And that's really, you can just see that, that's the purpose of the kingdom coming. It brings the order into those places. And so this is what the Lord was speaking to me this week. Even in my own walk with the Lord, if I'm not in constantly in a mode of seeing where I am with the Lord, I'll have a tendency to drift and go back to chaos. Okay? And I believe right now the Lord is calling us to really watch the drifting thing. <laughs> drifting away from the purposes of God. Drifting. And I just, you know, that's where I am. I feel like God's called me back to a really fresh surrender and, and call on my life to really go and be a missionary wherever He calls me to go, to really see His heart. You know, that song we sang, you know, um, Hosanna. You know, the thing about everything I am for the kingdom call. And um, I just wanted to encourage you toward that, that, you know, that the Lord... Um, and then there's one thing that happened to me this week as I've been really going through this process. You know, we talked about process. Um, this week I was spending time with the Lord and really just talking to Him about this fresh surrender that I really wanted to do what He wanted me to do. I wanted to give my life refreshed. I felt a new commission coming on my life. I really feel like that's something that's going on in the church now. And as I was having this time with the Lord, I suddenly started hearing this voice in my ear. And this voice said, I am your fellow servant. And I realized that I had an angel right there. And I realized that angel was there. He was coming on that commission, that new commission. He had was sent to come and bring that, you know, to come and help me. And I believe, and we prayed about this Wednesday night. If you, if you were here, you've already heard this. But I wanted you to hear it if you were not here. I believe if you will freshly surrender yourself 
to a fresh commission, laying down your life, that there, that the angels are present to come and help us do what God wants us to do. When we're in those dark places, they will be there to help us. They are our fellow servants. We will. We won't be alone. And this was really cool. I, when I knew I had an angel present in the room, I, I knew Byron loves angels. So I love I said, angels. I said, honey, come in here. And he went, what? He didn't, he, I was bothering him because we bother each other in our quiet times. But anyway, I said, there's an angel in here. And I, it was really great. And turned out, I'll let you share turned that. Turned out the angel had appeared to me in the form of a light about 45 minutes, yeah, 30 to 45 cool. minutes earlier. There was a light that came into the room over my head. This is before Becky was even up out of the bed. And I just said, well, I welcome any angel, any messenger from the Lord Jesus Christ. I welcome you into my home and into my life. Okay? And I just thought, I, I thought, in my mind, thought, this is a spirit of wisdom and revelation being released to me. So I just soaked in the presence of that. Even Becky got up and she got on in there doing her little thing. And that's when the angel came and spoke to her. That it was really more about a commissioning it's really more about God saying all this stuff, you know, all the angels, all that stuff that you know you can get all saturated into. Well, these things are real, and they want, and God wants to release them to us to do the mission. Okay, they're not just something just to enjoy. Although we can enjoy them, I believe in enjoying all that because it is the beauty of the Lord and the beauty of His world that He wants us to be able to come in and in the in the church and be equipped to learn how to to deal with those presence and voices and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, if that's all we do, we have made a terrible mistake. Because God is, God is, see, God's trying to bring us into a new place now. Okay? He's trying to bring us beyond just coming and enjoying this stuff and, and, it, and it touches us. And, but now he's saying, now this stuff is not only for that. It is to go and do something. Go to that person who's sick and needs to be healed. And bring some hope to that mama who moved all the way from near about the edge of Canada down here and living in a bare apartment with the rest of her family. Go do something about that. And that angel will be with you to help you. He'll fight for you. When we start seeing that stuff like that, we will see a lot more of the supernatural stuff come forth. God's calling us in. This is the hour for this. But I believe what Becky is saying is, that really, is really key for this. It is surrender. It's a fresh surrender in your life. To the Lord. Okay? That's it. I mean, to me, that's the way I... It's like, well, Lord, I know there's purposes of the Lord, but to me, it's like, I've got to surrender fresh to you. I've got to give myself in a clean fashion, like, one more time, Lord. You know, where I'm really bowing to you, and I'm really saying yes to you, Lord. You know, and yes... You know, because I'm the biggest complainer in the world, if you want to know the truth, and the Lord wants you to do something, because I'm, I'm stuck in this church thing, and, oh, it's going to be in a meeting, it's going to be wonderful... Instead of, no, it's not going to be in a meeting. It's not going to be wonderful. It's going to be out there, and it's going, to be, it's going to be tough. But if you will go out there, if you will get that heart in you to do that, then you'll see the glory of the Lord come out there. You'll see God use you. I just had one more thing I wanted to say, because, you know, I think the enemy's really um, working to try to get us to drift away from our call and our destinies and our purpose and our surrender to the Lord and... Um, Last night, there was a guy on Sid Roth, I call it the tail end of it, but this guy went into heaven and to hell. He, had, he was in the spirit realm for 21 days. And the one thing that caught me was he went into hell, and this really pierced me because I feel like the Lord's been dealing with me. He saw, one of the things he saw were um, addicts, you know, drug addicts, alcohol, drug addicts who were spending eternity trying to get their lust satisfied. And I, I really immediately thought, Lord, you know, I know what it's like to try to get a lust satisfied. Something in me wants to be satisfied, trying to satisfy things in me that are not the Lord. It's just my flesh. And I just want to say this to us. We're going to spend our life on something here. We're either going to spend it trying to satisfy carnal lust or we're going to spend it getting satisfied by the Lord and the purposes and the kingdom destiny on our life. And it's that lust and those desires for other things that are really pulling us, that continually are after us, our affection, and pulling us away from our kingdom life. And I just want to say this. You know, we, 
we really need to resist this thing. And it's on all levels. It's not about just addictions, man. We've we got all kinds of lusts that go on because those lusts give birth to sin in us. And that is really the thing that takes us out of the picture. So I want to encourage you to resist that. Resist. We are called to a higher place. We're called for kingdom living, to pursue the kingdom, to subdue our world with kingdom living. And that's what will satisfy us. So we believe God is calling us into a greater revelation of the kingdom. That's what we're trying to say. Not that we don't have some revelation and not that you're not walking in it already. We're not saying that, but we're saying God is saying he's trying to bring us up to more. And the way you go to more is you have to surrender. There's a fresh surrender. That's what we feel in our hearts that God's saying to us individually and for this church. Because we want the tree, right? I said that earlier. We want this church and we want our individual lives to be the tree that produces the fruit of the kingdom. We don't want to have to go buy it somewhere for somebody else. We want to, we want to produce it where people can come and where we go is we can release the fruit of the kingdom. Okay, so that's really what we're saying. I believe this is the word of the Lord for us right now. Okay, so what we're asking this morning, if you feel like God's speaking to you this morning about fresh surrender, anybody feel that, raise your hand. Good. I'm glad a couple of people here. I want you all to come on up here and we're going to... Come on up, Don. You're going to share something and, and bring it in. Yeah. Come on up anyway while he's sharing it. Byron's talking about being in the military. I know people that during the Second World War that served four years in battle overseas... I also know that they were called GIs. A lot of people don't know what GI means, but I'm going to tell you what it means. When you join the military or you're drafted into the military, you become government property. Yeah. You're a, it, and, and when you're trained for a particular duty for that service, when a need is met in a company, they issue you into that company. You become government issue. You have no say-so about what you do. You've been trained to fulfill a duty that you've been called to. That's what we've been called to in the army of God. We are God's issue. Not government, his government, but God's issue into the kingdom to fulfill his kingdom and bring forth his glory in the darkness and replace darkness with light. Government issue. We're all God's issue today. 